0: Everybody to a bonus episode of the Total Soccer Show. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and I am recording this introduction by myself. No one is with me. Joe Lowry was with me earlier as we got a live look at the USMNT roster for the 2022 World Cup. We did a live breakdown, preview, and breakdown uh, of that roster for uh, the BR app. Uh, if you missed that, we're going to include the audio here. Should note that it's a little bit of us with a preamble about who we picked, who we thought. Thought would be in there. Why we thought they would be in there. Then the majority of the show is us reacting to the roster, going through answering some of the questions. Should note the comment section uh, less positive about the U.S. than we were, uh, but I think overall it does a good job of telling you who's going to be there, why some people were left off. But it is a live reaction, so we didn't have some information, for example. If you don't know already, Ricardo Pepe left out. At Charlie Boehm reporting that there was an injury at play there that may have kept him out or kept him from full fitness. That type of information we look forward to learning more about, to hearing some of the reactions to this one. And then either at the end of this week or early next week, we're going to come back with a more full roster reaction, update you on some of the new information, and then take a look at the World Cup. In the meantime, we're going to be continuing to preview every single group as we have been so far. Uh, with the world cup looming we got a lot still to get done then we've got live shows and recording in person and many many games to watch i cannot wait but for now here is the br live show for the usmnt roster release hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the total soccer show live for you here on the br app my name is taylor rockwell here for the USMNT roster release, to break it all down with me is
1: Mr. Joe Lowry. Hi, Joe. How you feeling, buddy? Taylor, I'm good. I'm excited for this. I'm ready. I, I think we could be in line for some surprises. I think this is going to be fun.
0: Oh, boy. I think, we, I think we will be, too. We've had some leaks between the times that we submitted our roster and the yep. time that uh, the roster was released. So we've both taken a shot at uh, basically previewing what we think Greg Berhalter will do with the USMNT roster. Uh, we're going to get what he actually did, and I look forward to being pleasantly surprised and humbled by my own stupidity at the same time.
1: Well, Taylor, that's just kind of the space we operate in, to be honest. So we're just out here doing our best. We're (laughs) excited to do this. If folks have questions or or comments for us, leave them in the chat. We'll get to some of those later as we have time. But Taylor, I'm excited to go through our predictions and to, to actually see what's going on here with this real squad.
0: Joe, the hair looking good. The glasses looking good. Let's take a look at your lineup and see just how good it is. Excuse me, not lineup roster. We can do lineups later on. But right now, here is Joe's predicted USMNT roster. Joe, I'm guessing based on what you thought
1: Berhalter would do with a little bit of what you wanted sprinkled into. Exactly. It is mostly what I predicted Greg Berhalter would do, but I'm not going to lie and say I I don't have a soft spot for some of these players. So I'll start with the goalkeepers and kind of move us through position group by position group. The goalkeepers for me make a lot of sense based off of what we know of Greg Berhalter. Zach Steffen has been his guy for quite some time now. There have been reports, came from Roger Gonzalez of CBS yesterday, that uh, that Zach Steffen is not going to be in this squad. So I don't know what that's going to look like, but that's something I certainly have my eyes on. Based off of what we know of Berhalter, it kind of seems like he will, but who knows? We'll find out. Matt Turner is a no-brainer for me. I think you should start every game in Qatar. He's that good of a shot stopper. And Sean John Johnson is a veteran. And Taylor, I don't know if you remember back in in the summer... I thought he was really good for the U.S. in that summer camp Mm -hmm. back in June. He started one of those games, and I thought handled himself very, very well. He's a veteran guy as well. Center backs, I'll go through a little more quickly. Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long, Tim Ree, Mark McKenzie, and Cameron Carter-Vickers. I think it makes sense to bring five center backs because we've seen the U S tinker with the back three at times. Maybe we'll see that. Maybe we won't either way. We know Beralta likes Zimmerman. We know Beralta likes long. We know Beralta has liked Tim Ream in the past. And with the news that Chris Richards is dealing with an injury and won't be involved, I think it does make sense to have him involved in this group. We'll see if Beralta agrees. And the McKenzie and CCV are kind of filling out this group for me. I'm not in love with either one of them starting Taylor in the, in this in this World Cup, but I do think there's a chance both are involved. And then fullbacks: Serginho Dest, DeAndre Yedlin, Joe Scally, Jedi Robinson. Two on both sides is kind of how I see this, Taylor. Yedlin's a veteran. He's been to a World Cup before. Dest uh, is not, but he's a star for this team. And then you got Jedi Robinson starting on the left with Scally, kind of filling in where he needs to be. Taylor, I'll pause there before I get into the midfielders and the forwards. How do you think I'm doing so far? I know yours is coming up here, but do you, do you think I'm, I'm spitting out some logic here? Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember if we have any differences
0: so far. I think we're both... Pretty surprised by the absence of Zach Steffen, if that is indeed the case, as has been reported. Uh, V Gomez asked if we have thoughts on that one. My assumption is that basically we haven't seen enough of him for the USMNT. He's been injured. He missed a camp due to family reasons. Hasn't been playing particularly well for Burrow. I know the fellows over at uh, Scuffed speculated that maybe it was that he didn't uh, he wasn't okay with coming in and not being the starter or didn't want to compete for that starting spot. That feels unlikely. It feels to me like maybe it was just the wrong situation or the wrong timing. And so if he is out, it will definitely be a surprise to me. But uh, I think we both had him in uh, in our provisional predicted rosters for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is the thing, Taylor, that I am most intrigued by in this roster reveal because that's something like the starting goalkeeper spot being in the balance. And that to me feels Incredibly important based off of what we know about how soccer works and how important stopping shots is. Okay, moving us through quickly, the midfield, Tyler Adams and Kellen Acosta as the two number sixes. I'll be shocked, Taylor, if it is anything other than that. Then I'm looking at Weston McKinney, Yunus Musa, Christian Roldan, and Malik Tillman as the four central midfielders here. This is really heavily pending Luca De La Torre's fitness. It doesn't seem like he's all that fit, although the U.S. Men's National Team Twitter account does keep tweeting about his recovery, so maybe he's going to be involved in this group. And then Aronson, Reyna, Weah, Polisic, Ariola as my five wingers. I think a lot of those players have been involved and have been good for this group. is kind of the fringe guy here. And then Ferreira and Sargent as my first two choice strikers, and Pepe because I think Berhalter likes him and rates him a lot. I think there's some sort of bond there. Taylor Rockwell, that is my 26 man. U.S. Mm-hmm. Men's National Team predict- Again, not maybe what I would want, but this is what I think is pretty darn close to what we're going to see later today.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're probably not too far off. Uh, Anthony P would like us to bring uh, Landon Donovan out of retirement. That that seems less likely, but he might help the striker options. You never know. For people who are wondering, <laughs> this is indeed Joe's predicted roster. This is not the official roster. We should clarify that. Uh, we do have the roster release coming in about. 5 minutes or so is when that broadcast is supposed to start. You can catch that on ESPN2, but we will obviously be here breaking it down when uh that information starts to flow through. For now, Joe, yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot to like, and then there's a lot that shows the vulnerabilities of the U.S., as you already talked about with some of the center back issues. Yeah. I don't love that midfield depth, especially if, say, we don't have Luca De La Torre involved, which feels like a distinct possibility at this point due to injury. So I also have some questions about that uh, That. Uh, forward line as well we can take a look at my predicted roster I had the same goalkeepers as you did Uh, I had missed the Stefan rumblings although that sounds like a lot of people had missed the Stefan rumblings I did think that we would not end up getting uh, Reggie Cannon uh, and I thought maybe we would get more players from that MLS camp that Greg Berhalter had the fitness camp Mm. it only occurred to me a little bit later on that that was some players who will end up being in the roster and some players who would be in the roster if players got injured while playing for their clubs. So I think somebody like maybe Shaq Moore is one of those players who, if we'd had a right back go down or a, a fullback option go down, that's when maybe uh, he would have jumped in. But uh, much as I love Reggie Cannon, I did not think he would end up making the roster based on his past performances. Uh, I look forward to being wrong on that one. But I had Dest and Yedlin as my two uh, my two fullbacks on the right side. I figured it would be Anthony Robinson and Joe scally as the depth on the left and then center backs I brought several I brought Walker Zimmerman I brought Aaron Long I brought Mark McKenzie I brought CCV I brought Tim Ream uh because I want a little bit of variety I want the U.S. to be able to play with a back three if they so choose and that back three might be Tim Ream on the left uh, left center back it might be Reggie Cannon at right center back but I felt like that wasn't as likely that's why I left Reggie Cannon off I don't really want to see Mark McKenzie in this team no disrespect towards him intended Just I don't know if he is at that level, but I think with a lot of the injuries we're talking about and just the lack of depth, I think he probably ends up making it in Tyler Adams, Kevin Acosta, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa. The the all-important midfielders. I had Luca De La Torre in there. We'll see if his injury ends up keeping him out. And I had Christian Roldan in there because he's been there in Greg Berhalter's camps. He might not play a minute, but I think he's there as a veteran presence. The opposite of a veteran presence would be uh, Malik Tillman, who I did end up including. That was a last-minute one for me. I think he was the last one on the plane just as the door was closing. He made it in. Uh, Brendan Aronson, Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, and Paul Arriola would be the, the, the wide options. I don't know why I left Tim Way off. I definitely was wondering. thought I had him on, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think now I would put Tim Way in ahead of Luca Della Torre. Uh That might have just been an oversight on my part, because Tim Way be. is maybe the most important player to the U.S., in my opinion, uh, and then <laughs> Jesus Ferreira, Ricardo Pepe, and Josh Sargent. I don't think we will end up getting Jordan Pifok. I hope we get Josh Sargent in there because of the form he's in. Uh, Ricardo yeah. Pepe obviously scoring goals with Groningen, but you and I have talked about why we're a little bit concerned if he is the option. Jesus Ferreira, I think we we know what he brings to the U.S., but we also know that he doesn't bring everything we want to the U.S. So that would be my lineup, and I am kicking myself for the absence of Tim Weah.
1: You know, Taylor, picking rosters is hard, right? We didn't do it perfectly. Greg Baralder's not going to do it perfectly either. I'm pretty confident in that. But I like this, right? I think you can see we are of similar minds in so many different ways here with the goalkeepers, with the back line. I mean, I think our entire defender pool was the exact same. And really the only major difference here for us is you know, maybe the, the eights and the wingers. But we, we were approaching this very similarly, which is kind of encouraging, right? We're gonna have a lot of discussion and, and a lot of vitriol, I'm sure, on social media about the last few spots in this squad. And, and some of that is fair, right? You wanna maximize... Every opportunity you have to increase your team's chances of success. That is the point of of a manager going through and picking a roster carefully. That is true. And I think we should debate and talk about those last few spots. But at the same time, Taylor, I think we both think this World Cup is going to be won or lost for the U.S. Or maybe their group stage fate is going to be won or lost. I'll put it that way. By the guys who are actually on the field. right? By getting Mm -hmm. Matt Turner hopefully in goal. By getting... Uh, Zimmerman, and maybe Reem in the back line together by getting Dest and Jedi Robinson and Adams and McKinney and Musa and Pulisic and Reyna and Ferreira or Sargent on the field together. Like that group can do things for the U.S. if they're actually healthy. It kind of seems like the U.S. is getting closer a little bit to being healthy outside of Weston McKenney. Taylor, for me, that's the X factor for this team. It's less so those last three, four, five, six spots and much more mm. can the top guys go. And I'm crossing my fingers and my toes that that is the truth, Taylor.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think I would agree with pretty much all of that, Joe. Uh, we have more negativity than positivity in the chat about this roster. Uh, and we should, again, emphasize that these are what we think Greg Berhalter will do. Though, between the time that we submitted these and the time and of recording, uh, it does seem like there have been some changes. There have been some adjustments. I don't think either one of us really thought Tim Ream was going to be in there. We both hoped he would be. Now it seems like a lot of the rumbling is that Tim Reem is in there, and I think that gives us stability. To me, it also means that Greg Berhalter is is more okay with a pragmatic approach of getting yeah. the best players in there in certain spots to to do the job that needs to be done. And I think when it comes to Ream, he's looking at a veteran player who uh, could start a game but could also be there for depth and, and leadership. But either way, I, I do hope we end up getting him in there. I think you're right that there are certain players that absolutely have to be there more than others. Uh, Tyler Adams playing today. I was very nervous that he might pick up an injury,
1: but it <laughs> seemed like he, he was okay. Uh,
0: no injuries from that Leeds game that I saw.
1: Good. Yeah. I mean, Taylor, I think you're right about Reem. I'm really curious to hear about Berhalter's comments, right? Once this roster drops, if indeed he's in this squad, if the Stefan rumors are true, right? All of that stuff is going to be fascinating to, to get to hear about from Berhalter's perspective, because Taylor, it doesn't take a genius to look back at, at September and think that things weren't working, right? It was very clear to see that things weren't working. Berhalter knew that, right? He said, you know, it gave us some, mm. some conclusions or whatever the quote was, and people followed up and he just said, you know, we learned things, right? We learned some things. That is is clear. So hopefully based off of this squad, there are some changes. There's maybe sort of an admission that some things haven't been working and and that other things maybe need to be emphasized further. I don't know exactly what Berlter is going to do here. But I, I do hope we see some changes and also a bit of a recognition that September really was not a useful way to prepare this group for the World Cup. And hopefully some of the roster selections are going to reflect that.
0: All right, well, we've got the uh, the hype video happening on ESPN2 as we get ready for that roster release. In the meantime, a few more comments. Uh, again, a divided opinion in the chat. Keeper Guy, this cycle is a success if we make it out of the group. Qatar World Cup should build a solid core for 2026. I look forward to 2026. I would very much like us uh, to get out of the group and make a run in this competition. Uh, bing bong, going the opposite way. This group looks like an 0-3 first-round exit either way. Vest says mm. Berhalter will be out after USMT gets embarrassed again. Uh, we'll see. I, I Right now, I think if the U.S. makes a run, my assumption is that U.S. soccer will persist with Greg Berhalter, partially due to a lack of perceived options, partially because I think that he has done what they've asked of him so far we'll see if that ends up being the case but that is my read on Mm. things in the meantime I'm mostly just excited to see what he ends up doing because we've seen him build this team we've seen him uh, bring in players drop players bring players back in Kellen Acosta's case and now here we are It basically is the indicator of who's really risen to the occasion, who has come back. Josh Sargent has somehow found his way back into contention, and other players have fallen by the wayside. So, Joe, I'm really excited for us to get this roster. We've got Kay Murray, Taylor Twelman, and Jermaine Jones on stage on ESPN2. It feels like we're getting set to
1: learn some names. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm ready for this. I also appreciate the level of production and sort of what this this whole event is turning into. Right. I mean, I think that's part of what makes this so fun is getting to turn this into a a real event as we go through this. So, yeah, again, I'm hoping for some surprises. I'm hoping for some very familiar names at the same time. I'm hoping for more Jermaine Jones bangers like the one they just showed Mm -hmm. on the screen. Maybe that's a Weston McKenney hit from outside the box. I don't know what that's going to look like. But yeah, Taylor. I think I think a lot of the folks as well that are that are talking uh, tossing out you know U.S. is going to be zero and three in this group stage, they could right. I think that is it is not impossible. I mean, that's pretty darn unlikely, but it's not impossible. This is a tough group for the U.S. men's national team. England is a good team; they're an excellent pot one team. The U.S. got stuck with some of the absolute hardest pot three and pot four teams. In this competition in Iran and Wales, none of these teams really want the ball. We talked about that on TSS recently. They're all willing to sort of let the other team be the protagonist, but you can't let the other team be the protagonist if, if you all, it just doesn't work, right? Somebody yeah. has to take the ball and do something with it. And, and how that group dynamic is going to play out, I think is going to be fascinating. Joe, uh, one question, a lot of comments about uh, Jordan
0: Peefock. Neither one of us had him in there. Neither one of us seems to think that Greg Berhalter will call him in. Why did yeah.
1: you not include him on your provisional roster? For that reason, right? Again, I would like to see Jordan Pefock in this team, but I, I think Greg Berhalter prefers strikers of different profiles. Frankly, I think it's that simple, mm-hmm. Taylor. And, and maybe we can touch on strikers more later. I think we are getting some of the goalkeepers right now. Someone to walk us through it. Ethan Horvath just flashed up on the screen. Sean Johnson as well. Uh, And so we're going to get the third name here briefly. It's Matt Turner. Assuming there's not four goalkeepers, Taylor. The report about Zach Steffen was true. Matt Turner, Sean Johnson, and Ethan Horvath. Taylor, wow. Okay, that is it on the goalkeeper front. Again, quick reminder, this roster is not finalized until the 14th, but it, it seems like barring injuries, this is going to be the squad. Taylor, why do you think Zach Steffen is not in this group?
0: First of all, Joe, I appreciate the breaking news because you're about 45 seconds ahead of me in your feed. Uh, So that (laughs) is surprising news. I guess not surprising given that it's been reported pretty widely, but I'm pretty shocked because I I think we both listed uh, Zach Steffen top in our goalkeeper list because it felt like he was still Greg Berhalter's number one. Even with the things we've talked about and some of the injuries and, and the poor run of form, when he was fit, he seemed to be the starter. So that he is fit and eligible, but not even in the squad is pretty shocking. It says to me that either Berhalter has just been very unimpressed by what he's seen from Stefan, or maybe there was a, a personal disagreement. Either way, pretty surprised not to have him in there.
1: Yeah, Taylor, I'm I'm right there with you. I think this is huge, right? I, I mean, I feel for Zach Stefan, right? He's been Berhalter's guy for a long time. They know each other dating back to time with the Columbus crew, right? They've been in each other's lives for a time. I don't know what the personal relationship is like, but You feel for Stefan a little bit here. Uh, And so I want to remember that these people are, in fact, people and not just soccer players that we get to talk about like it's a video game. At the same time, if we're talking about wins and losses here, Taylor, and we should be, I think that is a massive decision that Greg Baraltzer made. Like, I don't know what the full motivation was behind it. Maybe we'll learn more about that later. But this is a big deal. Matt Turner's shot stopping is good enough, I think, to the point where this is the kind of thing that takes the U.S. from maybe petering out third in the group or maybe slipping down to fourth and and like getting into the round of 16. Matt Turner wins you games. We saw this back in September with him keeping the U.S. in the game against Japan. He wins you games and he wins you points. I think this is going to be the biggest decision that Beralta makes in this squad. And I'm optimistic, Taylor, in a way right now, genuinely that I have not been about the U.S. at least since before the September window.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's a decision that's definitely dividing opinion in the chat. Uh, Missile Toe, uh, God help us. Uh, Jay Jank says, Yes, Horvath, let's go. I don't know if there's a, <laughs> like, a familial connection there. I've never heard anybody be that hyped about Ethan Horvath. Uh, the bare minimum. Sean Johnson, the Georgia boy, let's go again. Lots of people want to go. <laughs> uh, Yee says, No, Stefan. I think that is also a fair response. I like the hype for the people who are there. But I do think that, yeah, Matt Turner is going to be the starter, should be able to get the job done. I really hope he doesn't have one go right through his hands uh, with the first shot, and then we have to go back to the whole huge oh. debate about should Zach Steffen be there as depth. Let's just hope it all goes well as we get into our defenders. Joe, we've got a couple listed
1: right away. We've got Serginio Dest. We've got Aaron Long. Yeah, I mean, we're getting the defenders trickling in right now. Neither of those names are... Big surprises, Taylor. Like you said, my feed is a little bit ahead of yours, so I'm going to go through uh, so far at least the, the roster yes, that I've seen pop up on the screen. I think we're getting all the fullbacks and center backs in here together. I'm going to start with the center backs, and then we'll zoom out and look at the fullbacks as well. Center back-wise, we've got Walker Zimmerman. Taylor, as we mentioned, that's not a big surprise. Aaron Long as well in this group. I'm trying to keep track of what else I've seen so far. Flash on my screen. Okay, you do have Tim Ream. Taylor, the, the long-flowing locks, as ESPN is showing him right now. And Cameron Carter-Vickers. So that's four center backs. CCV, Aaron Long, Tim Ream, Walker Zimmerman. Quickly, the, the full backs here. Dest, uh, shoot, I lost it on my feed. But that, we can start with the center backs at least, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Well, only four names. We thought it was going to be more than that. Uh, that's, that's a little surprising.
0: Yeah, so right now we've got an interesting set of defenders for sure. And I say interesting the way my wife uses it, which is to say – questionably bad, uh, but I like most of what I've seen here. We've got Cameron Carter-Vickers, we've got Aaron Long, we've got Tim Ream, we've got uh, Walker Zimmerman in there. Joe, that center back depth I'm good with, I-, I was surprised in the end not to see Reggie Cannon, though I didn't have him in my list. It did seem like one that Burhalter had the relationship with, liked what he was seeing as a potential right back into right center back. In the end, it's Shaq Moore as that, I would assume, yeah. third choice right back uh, and then DeAndre Yedlin in there as well, uh, partially to play. I obviously, but also I think the veteran experience, the only player in this squad who's been to a World Cup uh, on the left yeah. side would be uh, Anthony Robinson. I heard Paul Tenorio say that uh, the key for the U.S. is that Anthony Robinson play every single minute of every single game. And I think that <laughs> is true. I think Joe Scally could deputize if need be. So could Serginho Dest and somebody else could start it right back. But Anthony Robinson and Serginho Dest uh, are giving me life in this defensive team.
1: Yeah, I like this pool of defenders, Taylor. My my big question is sort of why there are five fullbacks and only four center backs, and and not really any mm. of those fullbacks I think of as being great fits for like an auxiliary center back spot. So Shaq Moore is is a surprise to me. I did not expect that. I, I thought we were going to see four fullbacks. We talked about this earlier. Destin Yedlin are no brainers in my mind. Robinson and Scally are as well. Mm. Shaq Moore is a wild card. So congrats to Shaq Moore. I, I don't think he's likely to see the field. Maybe Berhalter has some specific purpose for him in mind, but I, I do like this defender pool in general. I'm hoping that four, four center backs instead of five doesn't turn out to be a problem, but I'm glad Tim Ream is back in. He brings something different. He brings a voice to this team. Taylor, yeah. I'm, I'm not mad at what we're seeing right now. I'm not
0: either, because I think with all the injuries and then like Aaron Long, when he was at his peak, I think was a lockdown center back. I was fine with him starting. We haven't seen the best of him for club or for country, and I I was nervous about him as a potential starter. So to have Tim Ream maybe starting, to have Cameron Carter-Vickers, who we've both been impressed by in his time at Celtic in there, makes me happy. Lots of people confused about DeAndre Yedlin, uh, Sosa Hmm. saying Yedlin really, Duncan, why Yedlin, he's not good. Uh, We can debate that if we want to, but I think the larger point, as I said earlier, he is the only player who's been to a World Cup in this squad, and that is an important factor. You need somebody who's been there, who knows what it's like, who knows what the the pressures of the situation can be. It's just a different animal by all accounts. Joe and I have never played in a World Cup, not surprisingly, but everything I've read (laughs) is that you want some level of experience for how it operates, for how it goes down, and he is a veteran presence in this team we've talked about it on the show his rapport with Tim Wea, that they seem to be the locker room guys carrying around the boombox after games and and kind of like razzing people in the warm-up with Weston McKinney and I think he is very much a chemistry guy I think Tim Ream is very much a a leader guy who could also starter uh start for this team Joe are you at all sad uh about Reggie Cannon missing out or is that just a Taylor thing uh E. Harris saying Cannon should be here so at least it's not just me
1: no, I don't think it's just a Taylor thing. Taylor, it, it is, it is a, <laughs> almost a coin flip for me on that front. Like, I, I probably mm-hmm. would have left both Cannon and Moore at home. And again, I don't know what Brawlter's plans are, but Cannon seems like a great dude. And I think that's where your, your love for him comes from is some of the interviews that he's yeah. given and his personality, right? He seems like a really fun guy, really smart, intelligent guy. I think his, one of his close relatives is a rocket scientist and he also seems to have inherited some of that, that smart bit. So, I don't know exactly what the thought process is there, but he's not been letting things up in Portugal and kind of has fallen off slowly mm-hmm. off the radar since he moved to Europe. So I feel for Reggie Cannon. I don't know that I'm like bent out of shape about the, the backup fullbacks here. mm mm-hmm. And it does seem like Shaq Moore
0: uh, added to that MLS camp, uh, the fitness camp, in between the end of the regular season and the playoffs, the start of this camp. Uh, and I, I think he has been there. We've seen him called in for the, uh, the Panama game in World Cup qualifying. He comes into the depth option, and I'm assuming that's what he will be here as well. Maybe he ends up getting a couple minutes here and there, but for the most part, it's another one where it does seem like we know who our starters will be. We know who even the backups would be, because I think Joe Scali can do both. We have a situation in which Serginho Dest may still be our backup left back, And then we have that kind of uh, depth at right back with the options we've got there. Center backs. I, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be frustrated by Aaron Long included or by being by him being included. I wouldn't say I disagree with that sentiment, but I think he's a guy sure. who's been in Berhalter's squad on Berhalter's radar. And I think he's a guy who Berhalter trusts to do the specific instruction sort of performance that may be needed in the group stage.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see Aaron Long the least of the center backs that made this squad. So if we're talking about starting <laughs> lineups, I would prefer to see Zimmerman, Ream, and CCV before Long. Taylor, if that happens, I will be uh, close to shocked. Like, I, I would be very surprised if it's not Long and Zimmerman match day one yeah. against Wales at the World Cup. I just think that's what is going to do. Again, I don't think that's what I would do, nor do I really think that's the right thing to do as an outsider. But that seems to be what Baralter's plan is. He saw both of those center backs start both games in September. And maybe, hey, Taylor, maybe that is one of the things that he decided went wrong. And maybe that is some area that we're gonna see changed. Mm-hmm. And Tim Reem's gonna come in or CCB is gonna come in and try to break down some blocks. Maybe that happens. And yes. if so, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But at this point, folks that are upset about Aaron Long, it, it's completely justified to be upset about that from a like a roster standpoint and, and picking the best players, but brother has been clear all along about this, um, no pun intended. It, it's not a surprise, right? I, I just can't get, I don't have the, the energy anymore, Taylor, to like get really angry about that. Yeah. I'm just kind of disappointed and, and I move on. Yeah, uh, two
0: two more uh, that are being mentioned pretty frequently. Uh, Duncan says Brooks should have been here before Aaron Long. That would be John Brooks. Uh, we've talked about him plenty of times. He has not been in Greg Werhalter's plans for quite some time, uh, dating back to like the middle of World Cup qualifying, was out of form, eventually got the move to what Benfica, but uh, has yeah. not been playing much there, to my knowledge. So I think we have a player who doesn't seem to fit the system, doesn't fe- seem to fit with the locker room chemistry. That is my read on the situation but i'm comfortable sticking with that one that i think at the end of the day brooks doesn't add what berhalter needs on on like on the pitch and then i think off the pitch doesn't help as much either joe the other question was about gabriel slonina if he should have come in place of sean johnson
1: Hmm. i wouldn't have been opposed to seeing slonina i do think sean johnson is actually a good goalkeeper like like not that slonina isn't but johnson's someone Mm -hmm. that i feel more comfortable actually stepping up to the plate and, and playing if he needs to um And so for me, I think that has to take priority. I hope to see Salonina involved in the U.S. camp pretty soon after this World Cup. Get him in. He seems to be committed to the U.S. We've already been through that whole rigmarole. He'll be involved. 2026 feels like a fine time for Salonina. Taylor, we're getting midfielders rolling in at this point right now. It's up on on folks' screen. Brendan Aronson, who I'm guessing is going to play higher up the field. Although, Taylor, do you think the fact that he's listed as a midfielder here means that he's going to be sort of a hybrid role? Right, We saw that back in June. Do you think that's possible here?
0: What it, what honestly what it says to me is that number one uh, maybe his it's alphabetized so <laughs> Aaron Aaron's in ahead of Acosta because for a minute I was like he's listed first but I do think yeah it means that we're gonna see him in a hybrid role I think partially mm. that's because the central midfield depth isn't great we know that starting three we love that starting three after that there's a bit more. Variety. I think we know yeah. who could play there, but I think Brendan Aronson could come in and do a job and be an impact sub for sure in the yeah. center of the pitch. Uh, and also, we've got plenty of depth out wide. Uh, so I think we'll see him kind of do both. But as we talk about it, we've got Brendan Aronson, we've got Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre does end up making it. So does Yunus Musa. So too does Christian Roldan. Joe, we both Had Roldan in there, and Weston McKinney rounding it out. Who added there late. I got a little bit nervous. I was like, what did I miss? What's going on? But Weston (laughs) McKinney added. So we see that sort of MMA midfield. We would assume Kellen Acosta... Not there necessarily to deputize for Tyler Adams, but to play alongside him if we want more of a, a double pivot or can play further forward if the situation requires. Luca della Torre is that sort of number eight number eight depth option. Maybe Brendan yeah. Aronson is more of a conventional number 10 but then can also play wide. Christian Roldan in there because he's been in there. He's been in the squads even if he's not playing and again, I think that's another veteran player Burhalter wanted in this team for chemistry, for leadership and for many other things.
1: Yeah, I would have loved to see, and again, this goes back to the debate about the last few spots. Would I prefer to see Georgia Mihailovich or Eric Williamson play that that spot? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're just better soccer players right now than Christian Roldan is. But again, I'm on the outside of this group. Greg Berhalter clearly values cohesion and chemistry, and Roldan, based off of what folks have said about him, is like the number one teammate in this group. So mm-hmm. you can be angry. Folks can be angry about that. Again, that's objectively on the soccer side. I think not the decision I would make, and it's probably not if you gave Greg Berhalter you know, a week to watch film of all these players, it's probably not the player he would pick either. But that's what we see here. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, not a lot of surprises. De La Torre being involved is encouraging about his recovery time. So hopefully that continues to be a positive thing for the U.S. But Taylor, this group, assuming that, that yeah. Musa, McKinney, Adams, and Aronson can go, hopefully those are the players we're seeing most often for the U.S. in this group stage. We are getting some of the attackers
0: now coming in and uh already some some surprises in there for me at least one big <laughs> surprise um did not see Jordan Morris making this list in the end. Maybe Greg Berhalter uh, just loves him some Seattle and wanted to make sure he had good representation there. Uh, plenty of people asking about Roldan uh, in the chat, but I would say focus more on the names that we will actually see consistently in this World Cup, which would be Adams, Musa, and McKinney. And that midfield, especially the Musa part of it, and especially the Adams part, uh, make me very, very happy for the stability, for what that can bring to this team, and just the overall quality that it provides.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. That that top group, I think, is huge, Taylor, for the midfield group. Okay, we just got the last for the forward pool. Taylor, I'm I'm surprised here, so I'm going to start with the number nines, and we can yeah. hit the wingers after. Uh, Jesus yeah. Herrera is chalk, right? That's expected. Josh Sargent as well. Uh, not Ricardo Pepe, not Jordan Pifak. Taylor, it's Haji Wright, who was uh, a, a brief performer back over the summer, back in June, and Berhalter didn't seem to rate him particularly highly at the time based off of the comments that we heard. From Greg Berhalter, this is, this is a surprise for me. Maybe less in terms of profile, because I think Wright and Pepe are kind of similar players. But I don't fully understand the decision here. And I'm, I'm kind of speechless, Taylor. Why do you think how Wright You Write is involved here? Uh, because Greg Berhalter doesn't want to cross the ball into the box and
0: win headers. Uh um, true. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty surprised. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we've talked about our concerns with Ricardo Pepe on the show, that it seems like though he is scoring goals, there is still just a a slowness to his game. Not that he is slow, but that I think he is still regaining that confidence. He is not maybe as fluid of a player, especially in the attack as Greg Berhalter wants, uh, which is where I think we both were more okay with Josh Sargent coming into this team. And I, I'm assuming that also extends to Jordan P As well, that it just in the times uh, Greg Berhalter has seen him, he he does score one goal, I believe, uh, but at the same time hasn't looked like a player who fits with what Berhalter wants of a striker, who's mobile, who can drop deep, who can facilitate play, especially facilitate possession, and. I, my assumption would be that from the conversations with Haji Wright from the time he's seen him and then from what Wright has done since the last time he was with the U.S., Greg yeah. Berhalter is impressed enough by him that he wants to see what he can do in camp. He wants to see what he can do for this team. That would be my assumption, but I'm very surprised. I absolutely thought it was going to be uh, Pepe and not Haji Wright. So did I. And I did not yeah. think it would be Jordan Morris. The only thing that made me wonder is if it was going to be Morris over Areola is that there was like a—I uh, think Charlie Bohm tweeted out some pictures of— Sebastian Ligette's, like tequila launch party. He has his own tequila or vodka or something. And Paul Arriola was in attendance at the table having some drinks. And that felt to me like a player who wasn't preparing to go to the World Cup. So I think Jordan Morris comes in as basically a, if Tim Weah can't play and we need a vertical attacking option, yeah. then that will be Jordan Morris. Again, a depth option there. How do you feel about Jordan Morris as that potential deputy if something were to happen to Tim Weah?
1: Yeah, I think it's fine. Duncan in the chat saying, you know, Jordan Morris is, is not a good player, right? That doesn't make sense. I mm-hmm. I don't think Jordan Morris should start for this team. I think if things go well for the U.S., he won't start the entire tournament. But you can't deny that he is fast, right? He brings speed in behind in a way that really Wea is the only other player that does. I think Wea in this pool, if you think about a classic winger, Wea is kind of like the only one of those in this group. Morris is close. He's, he's almost more of like a striker-winger hybrid in that he doesn't do a lot of east-west movement. He does a lot of north-south stuff. So he's not like a, a full-on winger, but he, he exploits that space in behind, Taylor, to your point. So I, I do think there is value in bringing him in. I thought we were going to see Areola instead of, instead of Morris just because I think Ariola brings you a little bit more on the defensive side. But I also see some people in the chat talking about you know bringing Morris over Areola is crazy. That, the, margin, it's not, the stakes are not high enough for that right between Morris and Areola. Mm. The difference is not great enough between those two players. For for me to get Ben out of shape about that at all, I think Morris is a fine player, and I think he fits this role of really the sixth winger after Aronson, uh, the fifth winger, excuse me, after Arison, Aronson, Aronson, Polisic, Giorena, and Tim Weah. So that's fine. Taylor, another couple of, of bits in the chat. Beast Mode says Haji right and not Pepe, and that for me is is the most interesting bit about this forward group. I can understand Berhalter's decision to bring in right over PFOC, right? Not because I would have done that again, but because of what we know about Greg Berhalter. Taylor, you said it. He doesn't want to cross the ball into the box. So that's clear, right? We know that now. PFOC is not involved. Brandon Vasquez is not involved. We see a striker with a different profile who likes to get on behind, likes to receive the ball on the floor, and likes to get in the box. That's Haji Wright. That's Ricardo Pepe. In my head, Taylor, their profiles are very similar. Pepe and Wright both like to do that stuff. They have a very similar build as well. I don't know if you noticed that, Taylor. Like, they're both kind of that lanky, gallopy kind of player. And so having Wright involved after he's done way less and and been involved a lot less for the U.S. team under Berhalter than Pepe, that's the one that surprises me. I'm not really against it. I think Haji Wright might be a better player right now than Ricardo Pepe. I think this is a good move over Pepe. I still would have brought in P. or Vasquez, but still... I am I am very, very surprised about Haji Wright being involved here.
0: Yeah. Here's how surprised I am. I don't think either one of us even considered that Haji Wright could no. potentially be on this roster so that I haven't really watched a ton of Haji Wright. I'll hold my hands up and say that's a player that we watched from time to time when we were doing our Americans in action. Things where we would watch like every touch from a game and see what he was doing, how they had developed. But it felt like he was on the outside looking in. That's why we'd been focusing more on p and Pepe and what might happen there. I'm really excited now to go back and watch more of Haji Wright and try to figure out What it is that he brings. Maybe it is just uh, like mobility. Maybe it is just speed. I also think Ricardo Pepe hasn't been in great form. Yes, he has started scoring with Groningen. But I wonder how many people who are screaming, Ricardo Pepe should be here, it's ridiculous he's not here, have watched Ricardo Pepe of late. Uh, Because, again, for, for everything he has done well in scoring goals... Those goals are not always self-created. Those goals are not always him dropping in and linking up play and being involved in possession and then making a smart run in behind. It's a lot of opportunistic finishes to my mind. I'm not going to say that means that he should definitely be here or he is worse than Haji Wright. But I, I do think there are reasons for Pepe to have been left off. The reason why I'm most surprised is because with a couple of these decisions, it felt like Berhalter went with informed player who he is hopeful can do something versus player who's been there who he knows, who he trusts. And in that way, I think if you want to not Greg Berhalter, I wouldn't say this is the team composed of his favorites. If it were the people that we expected to be in here, I think Ricardo Pepe is definitely included. I think Reggie Cannon is definitely included. Maybe Eric Palmer-Brown makes it in instead of Tim Reem, because we haven't seen a ton of Tim Rehm of late. So I, I think in that way, there were some pragmatic decisions from Greg Berhalter that probably led to very uncomfortable, very difficult phone calls. That's what he gets paid to do. Uh, And and I think in that way, these decisions on the whole, I don't have a huge issue with them. But I'm excited to see what Haji Wright has been doing because genuinely, I really haven't watched him in a couple months.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to run through a string of comments from the chat here, Taylor. Some about the number nine spot. This is from DY2234. How do you not have peppy? Dola says, can't believe there's no peppy. Uh, you've got then JJ saying that's an absolute joke. And then we have some other sort of more concrete uh, suggestions and ideas here. Murph says Carter Vickers should be a starting at center back. I'm not opposed to that for a game, Taylor. If a center back needs to be rotated, I would not be against seeing Cameron Carter Vickers involved. Ideally, just not against England, I think would be my choice. And then another idea from Sosa, who says Aronson should play attacking mid. I, I do think there's a chance we'll see that as well. So there's some, some real question marks about how this team takes shape. But Taylor, I, I like, generally speaking, I, I like this squad. I, I don't think there's a lot not to like. Some areas that I'm not in love with, just to get this out of the way now. Uh, I, I think uh, the, the fullback is a little bit strange. I'm not like, again, I'm not bent out of shape about this, but bringing uh, Shaq Moore as the, uh, sort of a third right back, especially when you have Scali, who can already play as a third right back, seems weird to me. Uh, instead of an extra center back, now I don't know who that center back would be but that felt a little bit odd to me. Uh, and then you get higher up the field, the number eight spot, I, I definitely would have preferred someone over Christian Roldan, either Georgie or Eric Williamson. Again, not surprised that happened, but just from a soccer standpoint, I think that would have been better. And then I would have liked to see Jordan Pifak involved in this group, even though we clearly are not going to see that. Ideally, none of those players would have stepped on the field. So we'll see if Beralta can get by sort of with this top group and see how much of an impact they have. But Taylor, there is enough talent in this, in this team. There is enough talent in this U.S. men's national team to get out of the group. And we have one other comment from Glenn Roy who says the USA is going to be a dark horse. Taylor, do you think based off of this squad that the U.S. has enough to sort of make a dark horse run in this tournament? Probably not. Um, I, I think
0: that the lack of consistency in the attack is the issue for me. You can talk about Aaron Long. You can talk about the center backs. I think that midfield is very strong. I think the fullbacks, especially if they are able to stay healthy, if Serginho Dest can find some of the form that we've seen from him previously, I think you've got great attacking options there who can also do the defensive side. I like Matt Turner a lot. It's just the issue comes back to goal scoring, and the United States has not been consistent enough on that front. The two most recent friendlies included, but also not just focusing on those. Throughout qualifying, it's been difficult to break down more defensive opponents, and I think we're going to get at least two of those in the group stage. Uh, And then in the knockout round, you can stay defensive if they do make it there, which I I do think they will. I think they'll get out of this group. Uh, But in the knockout round, we've seen it before. You can bunker as much as you want, but if you come up against a team like Belgium who are going to rack you with shots, even Tim Howard can't make you win that game. and so it. Requires The United States to be able to attack and be able to find that attacking consistency, not just to score goals, but to alleviate pressure. So you're not just sitting on defense. It's like an NFL game. If your defense is on the field for, I don't know, like 45 or 50 minutes of a 60 minute game. You're looking like you're going to be in some trouble in my mind. And I think the United States, maybe they get into a situation where they can counterattack and do so effectively. And that is the secret to a deep run. But I think ultimately you've got to have goal scores. And right now, that would be the biggest issue for me.
1: Okay, so Taylor, we've shared some of our thoughts. And I I do want to do what Mm. you said earlier about going through and building our starting 11s. I want to look at some tweets Mm -hmm. first, though. right? I want to look at what other people... Are saying about this this U.S. Men's National Team squad, I think there are going to be a lot of different opinions. How does Greg, not put Pepe and Pifak on the team, I don't get those at all. We kind of talked about that already. That's from Hunter. Uh, I think there is, clearly in Greg Brother's mind reasons for that, even if we don't agree with them. Uh, this is from Lightning Insider. I want to be excited about the World Cup roster being announced. I really do, but that was very underwhelming, and not just the reveal in production, but the roster itself. Now, we didn't watch the full ESPN stream, so I don't know about the production, Taylor. Do you think this roster's underwhelming? I'm not... I'm not entirely sure that I do, unless people just already kind of knew who was going to be there and, and have stopped caring. I don't think it's underwhelming at all.
0: I honestly think that there are exciting decisions made in there. Look, t- taking away Haji Wright, Ricardo Pepe, Jordan P. Fox for a second. First of all, I think most people who are writing about this team didn't expect Jordan Peefock to be in there. And it's a harder one to justify. I think it's the one that you and I have had the hardest time sort of understanding why that doesn't fit or why you wouldn't want that just different look, that different option in there. But that aside, if anything, I think some really smart decisions were made here because I think you could have gone for a younger center back or you could have gone for Austin Trusty who hasn't been in the team and hasn't really been... In the dialogue at all until his recent form and the way he's been playing. But I think to go with Tim Reem, it's a smart choice. And it means maybe the United States isn't going to play as high of a line as they want. But I think for what he brings in, it's a good decision. I think leaving out Reggie Cannon, I've talked about him like five times already, more than I probably should be. But that's one where if you're just going with personal loyalty, you keep him in there. And you can argue, oh, he can be right center back. He can be a right back. But ultimately, I think it takes up a spot that another player could utilize. And I'm guessing Greg Berhalter thinks Shaq Moore. If Serginho Des has to play left back or or goes down injured, Shaq Moore can do enough of the job in the attack while still doing the defensive side of things and had the faith in him. And so in that way, I guess these are boring when we're talking about your right back depth or your central midfield depth. But I think that's how you win a World Cup. That's how you go far in a competition is to have the depth and have thought about those different options if something goes wrong. And I think this roster gives the United States a lot of versatility while still allowing them to play ultimately the way Greg Berhalter wants them to play.
1: Okay. Taylor, let's get, let's look at one more tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. True. Let's look at one more tweet before we go through and, and kind of build our lineups here. Um, so I'm going to start with mine and, and maybe we can go through goalkeeper, goalkeeper, backline, backline, and we can go kind of alternating together. Taylor in goal for mm-hmm. me, starting against Wales, let's build this for specifically that game against Wales on November 21st. I have Matt Turner in my starting lineup, Taylor. I dare you. I dare you to say something else. Otherwise, I'm going to come through my computer screen and grab you. For new for people who are new to us, uh, Joe would probably
0: start Matt Turner at every position if he could. I would not dare <laughs> uh, incur that wrath, Joe. So, yeah, I have Matt Turner. I have Serginho Dest at right back. I have Anthony Robinson at left back. I have Walker Zimmerman, uh, both because I think that's what Burhalter will do, but also because I think he's a really good defender. And I have Cameron Carter-Vickers. If we're going to go with the back four, mm. he is the one who I think has... Uh, improved his game from when we first started talking about him to now he still has the physicality he still has the aerial ability but he's added much better passing range I'm not saying he is elite I'm not saying he's world class but he is way better than what he used to be and I think that level of improvement means that without Miles Robinson here I would like to start him I don't think they will but that's the one that I'd be most comfortable with CCV
1: yeah, I'll go Dest uh, and Jedi as the two fullbacks. And then I'll go Zimmerman and Tim Ream. Uh, I think it's a pretty fine line for me between Ream and CCV. Like, I, I don't have a huge preference one way or the other. But I think Ream might be just that little bit better on the ball if the U.S. does have to be the protagonist in that game. Plus, you have his chemistry with Jedi Robinson playing on the left side of Fulham's back line. So I, I do like that look. I'll bring us into the midfield. Tyler Adams is my starting number six. And against Wales, Taylor, I'm going with Weston McKennie and I'm going with Brendan Aronson to try to push Aronson forward to get into the the attacking line. I know that means dropping Eunice Musa, and I know that I love Eunice Musa. I think the U.S. is not going to have as much of an issue getting the ball into the attacking line. They're going to have a way harder issue creating chances, and that, for me, is where Aronson comes in. Uh. That that
0: in and of itself made me laugh, but Yee, Yee in the chat is the one making me laugh. Odell is still a free agent. We should bring him in. Uh, I mean, we got to pay him in Bitcoin, <laughs> but uh, if if you can make that happen, let's let's get him in and see what happens. Oh. Kansas City gave Chad Ochocinco a, a trial, so let's see what happens with Odell. Uh, no, I'm I'm keeping Musa McKinney Adams at least to start for the consistency, uh, for the connections they've had for as long as they've been playing together. And then I just think they each bring something special to that midfield, something that makes it better uh, than like I think it should be otherwise and we've seen what happens when one of them is out or two of them are out so for me it's the MMA midfield to
1: start Joe what about your front line okay so I would love to have Giorena here on the right wing I said on TSS in the past that I think you probably have to bring him off the bench early on in this tournament just because he's still not consistently 90 minutes fit, and I would rather have him against England, frankly, than I than I would against Wales, playing for the second half against Wales, playing for the last 30 minutes. I reserve the right, by the way, to change my mind on any of this stuff, Taylor, after we've had a little longer to sit with the squad, but for now, I'm going with Weya on the right, Christian Pulisic on the left, and I'm keeping Jesus Ferreira as the starting number nine for this game because, again, I think you might have to break Wales down, and if you're trying to do that, he is, in my mind, the best nine option in this team to help you get there.
0: Uh, And then where did you have Jordan Morris starting all three games or just one game or what was it going to be?
1: He's actually my he's actually my new FIFA just introduces rule, Taylor, the super halfback center full mid position. So he's going to be like hanging out above the stadium, kind of roaming around. That's where Jordan Morris is going to be.
0: Perfect. Uh, Joe, I think you make a very good argument for why it should be Gio Reyna, both for fitness reasons and because I think Wales will sit deeper. We had this question earlier, uh, and I, I think Wea is the option when you need that verticality, when you want to stretch the defense or get in behind. I think that's where he is best utilized. The only wrinkle there would be, I, I do think from what Burhalter has said, I think he finds Tim Wea to be a very coachable player who is very open hmm. To instruction and wants to do what the coach is asking. They've had multiple, like, phone calls. They had a whole video session after Wea was underperforming early on. And I think, with that in mind, if there are specific patterns, specific uh, possession patterns, especially that the United States wants to utilize in attack to pull whales out or open up some space, that's where I think where is is the more likely to start. If yeah, you are agreed. going with, put your best attackers in there who can create and find a way to make something happen against a frustrating defensive Wales team, it's probably Gio and Christian Pulisic. So I think I would err on it being Pulisic and uh, Angie Arena. I would prefer it be Josh Sargent in the middle. I think we will still see Jesus Ferreira. That seems to be uh, Greg Burhalter's guy. We'll see what happens when we get that initial lineup based on some of these roster choices. But for me, Josh Sargent has really brought it full circle from where he was to how low it seemed to have gone to the point where it seemed like it was never going to be there. I think he is doing great for Norwich, sometimes up top, sometimes out on the wing. But I, I think he brings the physicality that we want to see but yeah. also the technical ability ability and the finishing ability so i would love for josh sargent to start that first game again don't think he will but think it would be good if he did
1: yeah no taylor i'm with you on that i think sargent brings a lot in the air as well that jesus ferreira doesn't bring so i think there is value in that a couple of comments in the chat from uh from tomas selja i'm a milan fan mm-hmm. Des has been a liability. Yeah, he's not always the strongest on the defensive side. And that is a concern for the U.S. in this tournament and in this <laughs> group very in particular. That's a generous way of putting it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not terrible on that side, but he's not great. Hippo Short says Does the, does the U.S.A. get even one win? I think they will. I'm inclined to believe that the U.S. will get at least four points in this group. At least I'm hoping that's the case. Um, We got one that says Wales and England are about to have a field day. Uh, That is a real possibility, but we'll find out. We have Dodgers0599 who says Tab Ramos, new head coach for 2026. I'll pass on that one. Thank you, Taylor Rockwell. The last one I think you already answered is uh, from uh, Jameer Manley who asks, do you think we'll get out of the group? Taylor, let's close on this before we get out of here. I think, yes, that may be my heart talking a little more than my head. You said yes already, so you're already one step ahead of me, Taylor. Mm. Do you do you still stand by that?
0: I do, I, and I think that's because the U.S. I think is better than we've seen. I really do think that they're a good team, and I think they're a tournament team. I think they rise to the occasion when that pressure is on, and I think a lot of the BS that tends to happen, or the slowness, or maybe being overly elaborate, I think that falls by the wayside. On top of that... We've done our Iran preview. I'm not very impressed by Iran. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be very defensive and difficult to beat. But I think they are ultimately eminently beatable. And I think the same goes for Wales, that they are reliant on Gareth Bale doing Gareth Bale things. This is a Gareth Bale who, don't get me wrong, scores the equalizer in MLS Cup, but at the same time hasn't played that much, has been preparing for this World Cup because that's what he wants to do in his career. But I don't think it's the same team that we've seen in years past that is just going to fight you tooth and nail and make everything difficult, but then also have the technical ability to really be able to capitalize on vulnerabilities in their opponent. I think Wales for the United States is a team that can be beaten. I think the US will have uh, a lot of ball dominance, possession dominance. And I think if nothing else, that to me is a game that I'm okay with a draw. I think especially if England don't get a result in their first game, they are going to be feeling the pressure. And I think the best thing that could happen would be for the U.S. to win that opener and for England to draw their opener, if not lose it. But uh, I think for England to have come in uh, to that second game against the U.S. needing a result, it makes them be open. It makes them be aggressive. It makes them commit too many numbers. And that is what the U.S. wants more than anything. The U.S. does not do well when they have ball the ball – and they have time to move it and try to find something and try to find something. And then they cough it up and then they turn it over and then there's a counter. The U.S. wants to get the ball back, launch that counter, get a shot off, hopefully score a goal. And I think England being too committed would allow for that to happen. So I think there's plenty of scenarios in which the U.S. makes it out. And I think there's plenty of scenarios that they don't if they don't raise that game and play the smart soccer that they're capable of playing.
1: Taylor, I'm ready. Let's do this thing. The World Cup is less than two weeks away. We're going to head out of here. It's been Joe Lowry for myself and Taylor Rockwell. This has been a live video version of the Total Soccer Show. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back in the BR app again soon. For now, that's all we got.